you may be seated this morning if you're already still standing. Tell you what, good to be good. What message that the Lord has put in my heart for us this morning? It's a good, a real good. Praise the Lord. At least I think it is. It, it, when the Lord gave it to me and told me this is what I was going to get to preach on today, I was excited. Tell you. Uh, Galatians, Galatians chapters 5, we're going to read verses 24 and 25, good morning Dwayne, good morning, good morning Dwayne, glad to see you, good to be here, I was just telling people where the scriptures are this morning. Galatians chapter 6, verses 24 and 25. They're up here on the screen if you need them. It says, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit today. We ask, dear God, that you enliven these scriptures to us. Make them come alive to us, Lord. Father, your word says that the word of God is alive. And it's powerful. You're sharper than any two-edged sword. So we thank you today that it accomplishes what you want it to do in our hearts and lives today. And we're going to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this tells us, first of all, right off the bat, who it's, uh, who's it talking about. It says, those who are Christ. In other words, are you a born-again Christian? Then you're, you're the one that he's talking to because that's what we need to understand is that if we are born again in Christ Jesus, we are in Christ. We too are Christ. So therefore, I thank God for the, the night that I was in that holding cell at Blue Spirit Jail System in 1985 over the Labor Day weekend for that year. And I tell you what, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ that night. And I, would, I have not regretted it ever since. I, I tell you what, I've had my struggles, just like y'all have. And there's been times that I thought about, just thought, didn't think too hard or long about it, but did cross my mind a thought about possibly turning away from the Lord. That was back when we had the mystery. But you know what? I didn't, and I have never even given it a second thought since. So I'm here to tell you today, folks, this morning, that we need to be in Christ because that's the best place to be. We are to belong to him, and we belong to him by faith and trust in him and, and because he's the only way of salvation. Matter of fact, this ain't even in my notes, and it's not even up on the screen, but I, I believe it's Acts chapter 4, verse 12, if you would. Look that up for me real quick, David, and put it up. I think that's the reference I'm looking for. Acts what? Acts chapter 4, verse number 12. I believe that's the one I'm wanting. If not, I'll look it up in my Bible. No, that's it. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You know, the, the world would tell you, oh, no, no there's, there's lots of ways to heaven. No, not according to the word of God. John chapter 4, verse 24, I think it is. Would you put that one up for me? 
No, not John 14, I'm sorry. John 14, verse number 6, I believe. 14? John 14, 6. I believe. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one except David, no one except me, no one except so-and-so. No, it didn't say that. It says no one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, no other way to heaven, folks. I'm sorry. It's either his way or the highway. And you're not going to go. You're not going to make it to heaven if you don't go through Jesus Christ. That's why we're so thankful that Jesus, that God the Father gave Jesus his son, his only begotten son, on when we look to, to the Christmas time and season, we're so thankful for that time and season because that's when the gift of God's salvation came into the world. And then he lived his 33, and I think it's a half year. And then he went to be with his heavenly father again. So what I'm saying to us today is this. that Go back to Galatians 4.24 or 5.24, whatever it was. Yeah. Those who are Christ's. In other words, if you're born again in Christ, and you're looking to get to heaven only through him, then he's talking about you and talking to you here. And what he's telling you is this. He says, if you belong to Christ, then you're, you should have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That word flesh actually means, is the Greek word is sarks. And it means the lower nature of a person. It's the sinful nature that still, even though you're a Christian, now get this. Because you may not have known this before, but I, I can guarantee you it's the truth because the Word of God teaches us this. And that is that even though I'm a born-again Christian, guess what? That sinful nature is still alive within me. He, he still wants his way. He wants to have control. He wants me to bow down my knee to him and not to God. He wants me to serve him and not Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today, folks, in my life, it's like Joshua said to the Israelites one time, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's the way it's going to be with me and my family. We're going to serve the Lord. Amen. <laughs> because that's what we need to do. And the only way I can do that is if I crucify the flesh. Let me tell you what that word crucify actually means. Let me look it up for you real quick. I think I have it marked in my Bible here. If not, I can look it up real quick. Here it is. Okay, I didn't have it marked, but it says this. It says that the Greek word is staruo, and it means, uh, let's see, where is it? It figuratively, it means to consider as dead those features of life that are worldly, carnal, or Satan-inspired. In other words, my old life. That's what it's talking about. My old way of living. That's, the, that's what I've got to consider to be dead. Romans 12, uh, 6 verse 11. No, I mean 6 verse 6. Put it up there for me, please. Romans 6. six. Romans 6 verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man, 
was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Knowing this, that our old man, that old lifestyle, was crucified with him. In other words, it was. I consider that to be dead. Let's look at verse number 11 in that same chapter. It says, Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many of you have ever been around a dead person? I don't mean out in the world. I'm talking about like at a funeral or something. You ever been at a funeral and came up to the casket? Guess what? And not to say that you'd want to do this, but if you did, you could spit in that person's face. And guess what? They're not going to do a thing about it. You could slap them across the face or punch them in the nose. And guess what? They're not going to do anything about it because they're dead. Same thing with us. If we truly have crucified the passions and desires of the flesh in our life, that means that whenever that thing comes knocking at my door, in other words, whenever the, the flesh comes to the door and it knocks, guess what? I'm not supposed to answer that because I'm dead. A dead person won't answer a door. A dead person won't do anything they're not supposed to do. A dead person is dead. So if I consider myself to be dead to sin like I'm supposed to, then that it, it the sin is no longer to be operative in my life. In other words, it's not supposed to have a say in me anymore. I'm supposed to tell it what to do, not it, it telling me what to do, just like it used to before Jesus came into my heart and life. Because now that I have Jesus in me, I have something I didn't have before. I've got a power, a resurrected power. How? One that raised Christ from the dead. Praise God. That makes me happy. I don't know about you, but that makes me ecstatic <clears throat> to know that I've got that kind of power. To tell the devil no. Say, no, devil, I'm not doing that. Now, you've never maybe been uh, tempted to rob a bank or rape a person or do anything of that nature, murder somebody. You maybe never had that temptation. But there's, I'm sure there's probably plenty of other temptations that, that, that the devil wants to use against you. Just like with me. It, with me, he, it was drugs and alcohol. And, I mean, you, you offered me a beer, I'm not going to turn it down. Not at that time. I, I would now, but not then. I'd take that thing and I'd swig it down. And if you offered me a joint, I'd smoke that thing. If you offered me a pill, I'd take that drug. Whatever the case might be, that was the way I was. That was my lifestyle. That's my old way of life. And the devil still tries to get me to do things like that occasionally. When I go into a restaurant to eat and drink, you know, the Coke drinks and stuff like that, the devil occasionally will actually still get on my shoulder and whisper in my ear and say, Ain't nobody here from the church. You can have that beer. I say, no, no, that's not me anymore. I'm not going to have no beer. That used to be me, but it's not anymore. And I'm not going to give in to that temptation. Well, you could go ahead and you can do this or you can do that. Nobody's going to know. I, I promise you, nobody will find out. But guess what? 
God will. Because God knows everything. And he knows exactly what I'm going to do and what I'm going to say before I do it or say it. And I tell you what, I just want to live my life in a way that does nothing but please God. Amen. And that's what we need to understand today, folks. Is that if I'm going to live that kind of life that I want to live, I've got to put to death the old way of life. I've got to get rid of it. I've got to say adios amigos to it once and for all and not give it the time of day. But like I said, there's going to be times, according to the Word of God, that we actually still do things we shouldn't do from time to time. But now here's the good news. I think it's in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, I believe. No, it's not verse, well, it is. We can go ahead and go there, but then I think there's another scripture I was actually thinking of. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think it's 1 John 2, verse 1 or 2. You can put those up for me. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. In other words, if I do make a mistake, if I do sin, I don't have to live with it. I don't have to suffer the consequences of it necessarily. It, de it depends on the Lord and the way he looks at it. Because he says in 1 John 1, 9, that if I will confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Now, I may, I may still have to suffer the consequences of my actions. Let me say that. Let me retract what I said a while ago. I will most likely still have to pay the consequence of what I did. But I don't have to live with it. And I don't have to keep doing it over and over and over again. I don't have to live in sin. And I won't live in sin. Because the Bible tells me that I can be victorious over sin and temptation in my life. But it's, but it's my choice. Once again, it's my decision. I'm the one that chooses to either yes, I'll do it, or no, I won't do it. And, and that's what we need to understand today, folks, is, is that this is telling me that I have to put to death my old ways. But if I do sin, I have an advocate with the Father. An advocate is kind of like a, de a defense attorney. In other words, the devil's going to come to God and he's going to say, oh, look at our Pastor Love. Look at what he just did. Man, how do you still want to use that guy in the ministry? How do you want to use him as a pastor of a church? You know, look at just what he got through doing. And you know what? If I've confessed it, and if I truly repented for it and decided not to go that way anymore, then guess what? God's going to look at the devil and he's going to say, what? what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're refer referencing here, devil. Because he he's not, it's under the blood. It's under my son's blood and therefore I don't even remember it anymore. He separates our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. And he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness and never remembers it, remembers it again. I'm telling you, folks, that's the great thing about serving the Lord, is that I can live a righteous and holy life 
in this decadent and evil and ungodly world that I live in, I can tell the devil where he gets off and I can tell God that I'm going to serve you and I'm going to trust in you and in your power, your strength, your ability to give me victory over sin in my life. Praise God. I tell you, I'm getting excited in case y'all can't tell. But now we're going to go to Galatians 5.25. It says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That word walk does not mean the same thing it does in verse 16 of that same chapter. In verse 16 it says, uh, let, us, let us walk in the Spirit. But that's talking about like a physical walking. Whereas this one is actually talking about a, about a different one. And it's talking about uh, it's talking about walking in line with the Holy Spirit. There's a path. I had intended to bring my golf clubs today. And I was going to use them in my illustration here. But I'll try to do what I can. Anyways, there's, there's a path that the Holy Spirit has set out before you as a Christian. And, and he wants you to follow it step by step, inch by inch, foot by foot. He wants you to walk in, in every footstep he lays down. He wants you to step right into that same footprint. And I tell you what, when you do, you're pleasing unto the Lord. And that's what God wants. He wants us to walk in line with the Holy Spirit. What would that include? Well, that's number one, I'd say, is love. Love is the thing that God wants us to, to do most, is to love one another as he loved us, he says. That's how you, that, that matter of fact, he goes on and think it's in John 13, 34, I believe. Pick it up there for me, please. John 13, 34, I believe. God's calling these things to my remembrance, so it must be the one. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And, you know, we need to understand today, folks, that God... Put up verse 35 and see if that may be the one I was thinking of. Yeah, this is it. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How do, how do people know you're a Christian? Through love. If you love them, they're going to know it. They're going to know if you're putting on an act or if, you have the, if you're the real deal. You know, we need to understand today, folks, that God, I mean, people can tell when you're just putting things on. They, they can tell when you're really what you say you are or if you're just pretending to be what you say you are. Because there is a difference, folks. And they can tell it. They can look at you and tell it. You know, I had a lady one time when I was, my mom and dad was still living at their house at 2315 Britain, Dallas. And anyway, I went to visit my mom and dad one time and I was walking up towards the front door and I was, if I remember right, I was just in a t-shirt and jeans and stuff, nothing fancy. Anyway, and I was walking up that way and the lady next door came out of her house and she looked at me and said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, yes, ma'am, I certainly am. And she said, I could just tell. 
He said, there was something about you that told me you're a Christian, that you're a man of God. And I tell you what, people can tell it. They can really tell it. They can see it. And I hope they see it in your face. Because, you know, that's one of the things that, that people notice is your countenance. If you're looking like a gloomy, gloomy Gus all the time, people aren't going to be drawn to that. They, they're going to think, man, you're a grump. I don't want to be around a grumpy person. That, that's contagious. You'll become a grump yourself. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that, that we need to understand is that you show through your facial expression who you serve, whether you're serving the devil, whether you're serving self, or whether you're serving God. And I tell you what, I always want to show that I'm serving God. Amen. I always want people to see me. Because you know what? Whenever you're going through a hard time in life, if they see a smile on your face, they're going to probably know you're a Christian. Because if they know that you're going through that trial, and yet you're smiling about things, and know that it's a sincere smile, they're going to say to themselves, hey, there's something about this person that's different than myself. I wonder what it is. And they may even ask you, what is it about you that's different than me? And if that happens, wide open door to share Jesus and say, well, it's nothing but the Lord. And you just begin to tell them all about Jesus and about how he's helped you through every trial and problem you're going through. I'm, I'm here to tell you today, folks, that this is what we're talking about. Let's go back to John, I mean, Galatians now, chapter 5. Verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, in other words, if I have the Spirit of God living inside of me, then it says, let us also walk in the Spirit. That means that I walk just like he walks. I do what Jesus... You know there used to be a thing called WWJD? What would Jesus do? You know, that's what we need to do again, folks, is we need to do what Jesus would do. We need to talk like Jesus would talk. We need to act like Jesus would act. Because if people don't see Jesus, they're seeing something they shouldn't see, and that's me. And there's you. And if they see you or me, there's nothing about us that draws them to the kingdom of God. Because in our own ability, in our own flesh, in our own way of trying to do whatever, you know, that, that amounts to nothing. But if when somebody looks at me and they see the light of the world or see the salt of the earth or if they see whatever it is that I want them to see about the Lord Jesus Christ, then guess what? I've done my job, my responsibility that is, because I have helped to point them in the right direction. <coughs> it's like this. I think I gave this illustration before, but I think I gave it wrong. I'll see if I can get it right this time. Three talking trees. One of them's growing up and says to the other two, Hey, when I, when I uh, grow up, I want to be cut down, and I want to be made into a, a king's bed. And so, anyways, the tree finally grows up and gets cut down, and, and when it's made, in, it's made into the uh, crib, the manger that Jesus was laid in when he was uh, born. And so anyways, so he got to be a king's bed. 
And then the second tree said, well, when I grow up and get cut down, I want to, be, to carry important cargo. And I, I, I just want to make sure that, uh, that I'm using that way. And so the, key, the tree grows up and gets cut down. And he's made into the, uh, uh, he's made into the uh, fishing, boat. fishing boat. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Fishing boat. And so the one that Jesus would get into when he had to because of all the crowd on the bank. And he'd go out in the boat and he'd preach to the crowd from the boat. And so anyway, he got what he wanted. And then the last tree said, well, when I get grown up, I want to be cut down. And I want to be used in a, in a way that continues to point people to God. And so the last tree gets his wish too because he was made into the cross that Jesus was hung upon. So you see, we need to do what those trees did. We, we need to point people to God. We need to show that he's the most important person in our life. And, and when we do, we're going we're gonna to walk in the spirit. We're going to walk in the way that the Lord has put out before us to, to walk, such as love, righteousness, holiness, purity, all of those things. See, I was going to use my golf clubs to show you each one had a righteousness, one had a, a purity, one had a love, one had a forgiveness. But anyways, my point being is this, to finish out, is that we need to walk in a manner that points people to Jesus. We need to walk in a manner that is pleasing to God. And we can't do it if we don't haven't crucified the flesh. We can't do it if I belong to Jesus, it says I have crucified my passions and my desires of the old man, of the flesh. And that's what I'm saying is, is that I'm, on a con I'm under construction. I'll admit that. I haven't arrived. As Paul himself even said to a group of people he was writing to one day, he says, I have not apprehended. In other words, I haven't arrived. I've still got some more growing to do. I've still got some more changing to do. And, I, and I'm thanking the Lord in advance that I am becoming that person I do want to be in Christ. And that's what I'm saying to us today is this, that don't give up on things that you may still have problems with in your life. Maybe there's some sin that seems to have you hung up and you just can't seem to win the battle, guess what? Give it to the Lord. Say, God, it's yours. I'm tired of dealing with it. I give it to you. And you know what? In hardly, in hardly no time at all, I wouldn't be surprised if you not only got the victory, but you got a testimony. So I'm here to tell you today, folks, that we need to be walking in the Spirit. Amen. And, and we need to be crucifying our flesh daily. On a daily basis, we've got to put to death the old man. You know, I think Paul no, I won't tell that joke. It's an old one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and tell it. I got your curiosity up. Paul was talking one day to somebody, and he said that, that well, not Paul. There was a guy talking about Paul, and he said, he said, I know that uh, Paul, he said, I know that Paul's old man was, uh, was on the cross and he says what do you mean and he said well he says that it, the, his old man was crucified with Christ 
Well, he must have been on one of the crosses that was next to Jesus that day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways, I may have mangled that joke. I don't know. But anyways, my point being is, is that we need to take hold of these two verses we looked at today. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 25. 25. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If the Spirit of God is inside of you, you need to be doing that. You need to be walking in the Spirit. So, let's, let's bow for a word of prayer this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for your Son, Jesus. We thank you that he died on the cross for our sins so that we could have eternal life in his kingdom. We thank the Lord God that the Holy Spirit does live inside of us. And we, Lord, we ask God that because he does, help us to submit ourselves to you every day so that we can live a righteous and holy and pure and forgiving and loving life. Help us, God, to walk in your ways in all things, at all times and in all ways. And we ask it in Jesus' name. At this time, I'm going to ask, is there anybody here today who would say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I want to make sure I know him today because I don't want to spend eternity without him. Would, if that's you, let me see you raise your hand and let me pray with you the prayer of salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, it appears in here that everybody does know Jesus as Savior and Lord, and I pray they do. God, we ask, dear Heavenly Father, that you would help us today to take heart to these two scriptures that we read today, God. Help us, O oh God, first to crucify our flesh, our desires, our ungodly passions, and ungodly desires. Help us to crucify them every day. And number two, God, help us, Lord, as the Spirit of God lives within us. Help us to, to submit to him so that he can, we can walk in the Spirit. And to walk in the ways he has laid out before us. To be a forgiving people, a loving people, a caring people, a, a people of purity and holiness, God. Lord, we thank you for helping us to do these things. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here. We love each and every one of you. Appreciate you so much. God's blessings be upon you. Brother Marvin, would you dismiss us in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your words this morning. Lord, go with us as we go out today. That as we find people, let them see Christ in us as we walk, Lord. Guide us and direct us and keep your hands upon us. In Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. Amen.